You talking about football? Yeah, football, NFC, North. Now let's talk football. Welcome back. This is Headed North, an NFC North podcast, and I'm your host, Detron. And this week, we had a battle in the North between the top two teams in the NFC North. We also had a team pick up their very first win of the season, and we watched as the Chicago Bears blew a 21-point lead to lose to the winless Denver Broncos. This was quite the week, folks, and we're going to get into all of it. But before we do that, we're going to hop into our sponsor. Let's check it out. Our sponsor this week is OffRackShop.com. OffRackShop.com is an online thrift store. They have men's and women's clothing, shoes, accessories, and more. Usually about 300 items to choose from. So if you haven't already, check out our description for 15% off your next purchase at OffRackShop.com. And this week, we're going to get the show started off the same way the NFL got their week kicked off. And that's Lions and Packers on Thursday night. Now, of course, I know you guys already know the results of this game, but that doesn't matter because we're here to recap it. Coming into the matchup on Thursday, both the Lions and the Packers were tied for first in the division with two and one records. The Lions were coming off a 20 to six win against Atlanta and Green Bay was fresh off of that one point comeback win in the fourth quarter against the Saints. So, of course, it is prime time. It's Thursday night on Amazon. Lions take care of business in Lambeau. First quarter, Lions jumped out to a 14-3 lead behind Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery getting some scores. In the second quarter, brought another 13 unanswered points, another one for David Montgomery and a pair of field goals from Riley Patterson. And it was starting to look like a runaway. It didn't even look like this game was going to be close. And again, this is in Lambeau, which is a place that the Lions have last won when they defeated Aaron Rodgers on that interception uh, that sent him away from Green Bay as a, a loser. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, but, but this is where... Um, the game sort of took a turn uh, because although Love seemed to be like a deer in the headlights going into halftime, he was able to shake it off a bit in the third quarter and hit Watson uh, for his return game, right? He got his first touchdown off of a short pass from Love uh, and also got a rushing touchdown himself. So you could start to see what looked like some confidence start to build up in Love. But by the numbers, it was it was actually a pretty tough day for him. So Love threw for 23 of 36, 246 yards, had one passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. But through two picks, he was sacked five times and he had a QBR of 69.9. Five times. The defense for the Detroit Lions are starting to look for real. There was a lot of talk about this team uh, improving their defense in the offseason. But heck, I also said that about the Chicago Bears and look how that turned out. But you could really see it come to fruition with the Detroit Lions. Their defensive line has been putting pressure on the quarterback. And it's all of that front line. It's Bugs. It's Kaminsky. It's Hutch, of course, right? Like all of these guys are putting pressure uh, on that offensive line for Green Bay, and you could tell that they were just not ready for that challenge. Again, on Green Bay, you've got only 29 yards on the ground between Jones and Dillon. Like that's a AJ Dillon kind of performance, but you expect Aaron Jones to be able to put up more than 29 yards. But again, that speaks to that defensive front for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Dobbs did get uh, nine catches for 95 yards. 
Uh, but everyone else really just struggled across the board. Again, I mentioned that Watson got a touchdown in his return back. I think he's probably on some kind of snap count. If not a snap count, definitely a lighter workload than you might otherwise expect him to be on because this is his first game back. But it did not really benefit the Green Bay Packers to have him back on the field except for the one touchdown that he did catch. By the numbers for the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff was just okay. He completed 18-28 to 28 for 210 yards, had a passing touchdown, he did throw a pick, and he was sacked twice. And his QBR didn't crack 100. He ended up with an 86.9 QBR. But the real story, the real story of the game was David Montgomery. 32 rushes, 121 yards, and three touchdowns. In just the rushing game in general, there was the single handoff to Raymond that ended up with 40 yards, and uh, Gibbs also got 40 yards on eight attempts out of the backfield. So a big day on the ground for the Detroit Lions, and you can tell that uh, the Green Bay Packers were frustrated. Love looked like a deer in the headlights when it was time to play ball. It just, he didn't see uh, everything very clearly. You could tell it wasn't exactly clicking for him. I think he's going to be a good quarterback overall, but he just did not perform well early on. And you could tell that Matt LaFleur, he was frustrated. So after the game, there was a press conference and Matt LaFleur kind of snapped at one of the um, reporters. He was upset. It's like, man, I wish I knew what was going on. I would have changed what we were doing, but he just didn't have an answer for it. And the Detroit Lions end up being the better team. Uh, so now the Lions have taken an early lead in the division. They're now 3-1 and one where the Green Bay Packers have got their second loss, and now they are 2-2, two and two, but they are also second in the division. And they're star- they were staring down the barrel of being 1-3 if they hadn't got that uh, comeback win for New Orleans. Again, asterisks because Derek Carr went out of the game. Uh, but now the Green Bay Packers have the Raiders, a bye week, and the Denver Broncos. The Raiders, who who knows who's going to be the quarterback, their rookie quarterback that came in in relief of Jimmy G, actually looked pretty good, but they could have Jimmy G back next week. And then also, the Broncos, they were able to come from behind with the Chicago Bears, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So Green Bay could have a legitimate chance to win both of these games and get some rest on the bye week. But they could also take an L. Who knows, really, which Jordan Love is going to show up and which Green Bay Packers team is going to come and play. The Lions, on the other hand, are excited because they're getting back Jamison Williams back from suspension after a rule change has allowed him to reduce his suspension from six games down to four games, which is very important because he is the player that allows the Detroit Lions to stretch the field. Amon Ron St. Brown is great on the inside. He's quick. He's elusive on slants. He's not exactly the guy that takes the top off of the defense. That should be Williams. He's got all the speed and he should be fresh after coming off of a four game suspension. So he's the guy that I look for to have a pretty big uh, impact on the game going forward. And speaking of the games going forward, the Lions are coming off of this hot streak, but they got a handful of teams that could go either way. Next up, they got the winless Panthers uh, who ran all over Detroit last year. I'm talking about put up two people had over 100 yards on the ground in that game. They also take on the Bucks and the Ravens. Again, a tough task with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And you never really know what you're going to get from Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans when it comes to playing the Bucks. So that's the next three opponents for the Lions. Certainly a winnable schedule. And we're actually still on pace for us to get to my 13-4 and four prediction. We'll see, though. Fingers crossed. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears. And sheesh, 
Where do I start? Like after multiple very disappointing performances from the Chicago Bears, they come out at Soldier Field against the Denver Broncos and they play quite possibly the best half of football I've ever seen Justin Fields play. You're talking about amazing football from the offense and defense. Justin Fields dropped a 30-yard perfectly placed pass to DJ Moore at the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. He dropped off two touchdowns to Cole Komet and even dropped off a third quarter touchdown to Khalil Herbert. Like we're looking at 28 seconds left in the third quarter and the Chicago Bears were up 28 to 3. But then Russell Wilson asked the Denver Broncos to to trust him just a little bit. And then he hit back-to-back touchdown passes. Denver's defense then gets a sack fumble return for a touchdown and if you're keeping track that's now tied the game 28 to 28 in true chicago bears fashion they have an opportunity to kick a field goal to go up by three and then just play defense to win the game but no the analytics probably tell them go for it on fourth down so that's what they do they need one yard there's three minutes left it's a tie game they're down in denver bronco territory they could just kick a field goal guys but no they go for it on fourth and one they hand it off to khalil herbert and they don't get it they get zero yards when they need one to extend the drive where they can run down the clock and kick a field goal for a game winner not what happened and i don't understand anybody watching this game could see that Justin Fields had space around the edge if he wanted to get out around the edge. He is much faster than most of the people given the angle that he would have had to get that first down. There's no way that Justin Fields should have gave that ball to Khalil Herbert. But everyone in the building knew that's exactly what was going to happen. And so did the defense, and they stopped it. So now you got a turnover on downs. It's 28-28, and then Russell Wilson comes out and drops like a 50-yard bomb down the field, puts them in field goal range. They knock in the field goal. Now Denver Broncos have mounted a comeback from 28-3. to They're now in the lead 31-28. to And of course the Chicago Bears end up throwing an interception with, I don't know, like 40 seconds left to go. And Justin Fields realizes that he just gave away his opportunity to go down and win the game. This was quite possibly one of the most disappointing second halves I have ever seen. So this is a roller coaster. And as a Chicago Bears fan, I'm sure they are used to roller coasters. Getting a massive performance in the first half and in the third quarter. Honestly, they were up 28-3 with only like 40 seconds left in the third. So most of the action that took place took place in the fourth quarter. It was hard to watch. Coming out of this game, though, one big development. So... I guess you can consider it big. It's big from a personnel standpoint, but not necessarily from a production standpoint. The Chicago Bears will not have Chase Claypool with them when they go on to take on the Washington Commanders this Thursday on Amazon Prime. They're not going to have him because they told him to not travel with the team. There's plans that they are trying to move Claypool. They don't want him on the team anymore. Sounds like he is a disruption, which... I don't know how much trade leverage you're going to have for someone who has openly talked about the team that he's a part of and then on the field showed a capacity to not put in any effort 
on multiple plays, just mailing it in the whole time. That doesn't really speak well for your resume and isn't going to have a whole lot of people clamoring after him as a trade commodity, honestly. But we'll see how the Chicago Bears can bounce back against a Washington Commanders team that has been pretty much in most of their games. I think the only game that they weren't uh, in the running to be able to win or at least giving a valiant effort was the Buffalo Bills game where they got beat up on. But other than that, Washington has been in their games and they, they've won two. So coming into this game, I see Chicago likely as a another underdog. And our last team this week is the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings fans, if you're out there, it is certainly time to rejoice. The Vikings are no longer winless, and it comes at the expense of the Carolina Panthers in what was supposed to be the Adam Thielen revenge game. But this game was not very pretty. Yes, Minnesota won and they got the dub. We're not going to take that away from them. They are now 1-3 and three in the division, and Based on the way that they've been putting up numbers, they should be much better than this. But I won't talk about the reason why, (coughs) losing close games. But this one wasn't pretty, and they're lucky to have came out of this one with a win. Kirk fumbled the ball again. He was sacked twice. He threw two picks, one of which was on the one-yard line and was returned 99 yards for a touchdown, which you should have seen the block that they laid on uh, Kirk Cousins at about, I don't know, like the 20-ish yard line. It was tough, man, but he he tried. He tried to prevent the score. It didn't work, though. And he only put up 139 yards in the air. But there was one big change from the previous three weeks. Justin Jefferson found his way in the end zone. And I got to say, when you start getting Justin Jefferson in the end zone, it's probably going to change the fate of your organization, at least the fate of that particular game. And this one is no different. He found himself in the end zone twice. Two scores for Justin Jefferson. I think this was his first time in the end zone uh, this year. And it helps to get him in there. But that's not what changed Minnesota's fate. What changed their fate was a sack force fumble from Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith knocked that ball out of there and DJ Wadham was able to pick it up and return it for a score. Uh, That Brian Flores defense is what really gave them the chance to win this game. Now, of course, I already mentioned JJ's scores and he did get a score at the end of the third quarter that ended up taking the Minnesota Vikings up by the eight points that they end up winning by. In the fourth quarter, they just traded possessions back and forth with Carolina not really able to put up any kind of production and Minnesota just trying to maintain their lead. Kirk Cousins finished with 12 of 19 completions and a QBR of 80. But you know what he also came away with? The first win of the season. It might be ugly, but you can wipe this one from your memory because you got the win and that's all that really matters. But next up for the Minnesota Vikings... It gets a little hairy because you've got the Kansas City Chiefs who are rolling. They've been winning ever since they lost week one against the Lions. They have beat everyone else. So they are three and one. Then they get to take on the Chicago Bears, which hopefully Chicago has a win by this point. If not, 
I don't foresee them upsetting the Minnesota Vikings. And then the following week, they take on the 49ers. So this could be a pretty tough stretch for the Minnesota Vikings. The thoughts were that if Minnesota could pull out wins early on against the Buccaneers and the Chargers and the Panthers, right, that they could be coming into, what, a 3-1 and one kind of scenario. It's 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 going to be tough sledding. Uh, but Minnesota Vikings fans, don't fret. When you got J.J. playing how he's been playing, Addison coming on, on and Kirk throwing the ball the way he's been throwing it you guys can be in any game they got to clean up ball security for sure and don't let it be close that has been the downfall so far this year is this close games don't don't let it be close go and put up points and put up points early uh, and I think that'll be the recipe for them getting some wins here in the future and let the defense keep playing defense Brian Flores is already making an impact all right so I'm gonna kick it back over to Matt But before I do, I just want to tell him, thank you. Those picks from last week, now, depending on where you guys got them, you either went two for two or three for three. Myself, I went three for three. If you want to check it out, I'll pop it up on the Instagram page, Headed North Podcast on Instagram. You can see my winning ticket. Those picks were from match selections last week. And if you get them in early enough, you might be able to get some favorable lines. So, Matt, tell the folks what they can expect here in week five. This is Matt, your resident Vikings fan, and this is Spreading the Field. Now, before we jump ahead to this week's games, Let's look back at the week four results because it was a great week for us going two for two, 100% on our picks this week, puts us up to 72.73% on the year. And I know some of you out there are thinking, man, Matt really struggles with his math because there were definitely three games this week in the North. I know, and we'll get to that. How did we go two for two or three games? Well, let's look at the picks. Lions minus one against the Packers on the road. This was our lock of the week. I could not believe the Lions only had to cover a point going into this game. And the Lions showed up. They really put everyone on the north on notice that, you know, maybe this is the year for the Lions. But they cover that game 34-20, make it look pretty easy in Lambeau. The Lions are legit this year and looking scary for the rest of the division. The next game, Vikings minus three and a half against the Panthers. This was on the road, and this game had me terrified the whole game. Vikings struggled to move the ball. Uh, We looked rough, but somehow the Vikings turnover luck shifts at the end of the game. We get a strip sack, fumble recovery, run back by the defense that completely turns the game around. Vikings win 21-13, cover the spread. They get a win finally in the year, moving to one and three, and that completed our two-for-two parlay the Bears, our third game, you know, the Bears did something impressive and they just made their game disappear off the parlay. If you're wondering how that happened, we took the Bears plus three and they were playing the Broncos. Broncos got crushed two weeks ago. The Bears got crushed by the Chiefs. Both teams were looking rough coming into it. And honestly, I wasn't worried about this game while it was going on. Watching my Vikings. The Bears are handling business, easy cover. I checked the score at the end of the game to see the Bears give up a 21-point lead late in the third and lose this game 31-28. But we picked them at plus three. And if you're unfamiliar with how it works with the betting and the spread and everything, if the final is ever the same as the points that were supposed to be covered or the points that you were getting with your team, that's called a push. So this game pushes, which means anybody who bet on this game gets your money back. 
And if you had them in a parlay, they take it out of the parlay like it never happened. So I guess thanks to the Bears for helping with the parlay. We'll see how they do this week, though, in the picks. So let's now look ahead to week five. We've got four games again, no divisional matchups this week. So we've actually got four games to pick. The first game we're going to pick, Thursday night football, Bears on the road. They're going to the nation's capital to play the commanders. Bears are getting seven points in this game. Honestly, I'm concerned at this point that I don't know if there is a point spread that the Bears make me feel comfortable with this year. They're looking rough. What's got me more scared than the on the field stuff is the off the field disorganization in the Bears front office and franchise. They're not put together. It's coming across on the field with the product that the Bears are putting out there. They're really struggling this year. It is hard to go through a whole season and not win a game. So at some point, the Bears are probably going to bite me not uh, picking them. But yeah, take the Commanders minus seven on the road on Thursday night. Short week. I don't see the Bears preparing for this game well. I think the Commanders handle this pretty easy. Commanders minus seven. That's our first pick this week. For our second game, we have the Panthers coming back to play another NFC North team this week. They're going up to Detroit to play Detron's own Lions, and the Lions are nine-point favorites in this game. Honestly, this is a spread I'm shocked about again. You know, the Panthers, they kept it close against the Vikings, but they haven't looked good all year. Detroit has definitely looked good against several teams, including the Chiefs in the first week. Uh, Jump on this one before the Lions have to cover double digits, but I think the Lions easily win this game. Bryce Young is not going to be ready for the Detroit offense, uh, defense, I mean. Uh, He looked rough, you know, trying to read the Vikings scheme. The Vikings players are not as good as Detroit's players. So give me this Lions minus nine at home. They're going to keep the momentum rolling, keep that lead atop the division. You know, I think they cover this game pretty easy with the rookie quarterback coming to town. Our third game of the week, we've got the Chiefs coming to take on their third NFC North team this year. They're one and one so far in the North, and they are coming to U.S. Bank Stadium to play my Vikings. The Vikings are getting five and a half points at home, and I have gone back and forth on this game. Uh, I was going to hammer the Chiefs. I thought about making the Chiefs the lock of the week. I started doing some research. So I have felt like the Vikings are really good this year if they could just hold on to the ball. Ball security has been killing them. And turnover luck is one of those things. It's it's not that you're not going to fumble, but man, what are the odds that every time the Vikings fumble, we lose that ball? And turnover luck has been killing them. So I was looking into some statistics here. In turnover margin, the Vikings are 31st out of 32 teams, but the Chiefs are only 24th. Points per play, the Chiefs are 12th. Minnesota on the year is 13th in points per play. That's just how many points they score and how many plays it takes them to get there. So on offense, you know, the Vikings are putting up similar statistics to the Chiefs. This is the big one, though. Yards per play. You know, how explosive are those offenses? This year, Kansas City ranks fifth, which is not shocking. Kansas City has a big, booming, explosive offense. Seeing them in the top five, we expect that. But this year, the Vikings are third. And if you've watched the Vikings – They move the ball up and down the field and throw it away at the worst time right before we can score. So if that fumble at the end of last week's games got me feeling like maybe the turnover luck has changed and Detron, maybe I'm crazy, but give me the Vikings at home plus five and a half. I think the Vikings win this game. I'm going back on fourth with taking them on the money line, but for my recommendation for you, take the points, play it a little safe, plus five and a half, Vikings at home. 
game three. And our fourth game and lock of the week, we have the Packers going to Vegas. And the Packers are favored by two and a half points in this game. So I was going back and forth on this one. And for Packers fans out there, you know I haven't been super high on Jordan Love. Honestly, as a Vikings fan, I've been looking forward to you guys having to watch Jordan Love play this year and just realize that he's not a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback like Favre and Rodgers. Surprisingly to me, Love has looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look this year. They haven't put it together for a whole game yet, but the Packers have definitely shown flashes and signs where they can be a really scary team. The Packers are a lot closer to being at the top of the division than they are at the bottom right now. And that is not something I thought I'd say coming into this year. Jump on that two and a half. I know the Packers having to cover those points on the road, but take that minus two and a half on the road before that goes up too much more. I think the Packers go into Las Vegas and handle business against the Raiders team that's struggling this year. So give me the Packers on the road on Monday night football. Man, I I never thought I would be pulling for the Packers here, but they're my lock of the week, Detron. So hopefully the Cheeseheads have some good luck in Vegas and, you know, get us another parlay this week. This is all our picks for week five. Detron, thanks again for having me on. Until next week, Skull. All right, thanks again, Matt, for those picks for spreading the field. Hopefully, you guys get those picks in soon so you can take advantage of those lines today. And that's our show. As always, I appreciate you showing up for the show. And if you decide to come back, which I hope you do, make sure you got your bags packed because we are headed north. I'm Detron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah, but without NFC. North. Let's talk football.